hello and welcome to episode 36 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Eddard chapter 8 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. Alright, our news that we have today, um, so we've been talking about like Game of Thrones, how they're going to do spinoffs and stuff, but Amelia Clark, who we all know played Daenerys, um, is starting her own thing. She has a new... Deadpool-style superhero project that she's doing. So, Amelia Clark has created a new feminist comic book. Hmm. It's titled (laughs) M.O.M. Get it? Mom? But it's called Mother of Madness. (laughs) Mom? (laughs) So, it's a... (laughs) Mom? (laughs) Anyways, so the three-issue comic series was written by Amelia Clark and Marguerite Bennett. Uh, it's this, It's a story centered around a singer mother named Maya, and she embarks on a journey which leads her to the discovery of some unique superpowers. Um, and she fights human traffickers. So, Amelia hmm. Clark said that it's going to be Deadpool style. So, some, like, silliness and tongue-in-cheek humor. The stuff that's like, ooh, that's a little... That's a funny, little though. Raunchy. A little raunchy humor, but um, I guess it should be pretty good. Cool. Let's see what happens. And we do have a Martin message today. Um, I'm just going to read it. It's super short. So he says, He is the common-born son of the steward to the Lord of Blackhaven. He has no claims to lands or titles. All he has is his honor and his skill with sword and lance. He is a challenger, a champion, cheered by the commons, beloved of the ladies. He is a lover, or is he? A seducer, or is he? A betrayer, or is he? A breaker of hearts and a maker of kings. Fire and blood readers know him as Sir Kristen Cole. House of the Dragon viewers will know him as Fabian Frankel. Um, So in other roles that Frankel has done, he has been the son of Dennis Franz in NYPD Blue and the lover of Amelia Clark in the movie Last Christmas. And now he is getting tangled up with some more Targaryens. We shall see how this goes. Welcome to Westeros, Fabian, and do keep that sword sharp. Interesting. So, Fabian Frankel will be our Sir Kristen Cole for House of the Dragon. And it sounds like he had another movie with Amelia Clark, so he does have some ties to Westeros already. I've heard of Last Christmas, but I've never seen it. Me neither. And the actor does look pretty familiar to me. I don't... Yeah. I don't recognize... I mean... I can't pinpoint where, but yeah, I'll post a picture of him. I'll just post this blog post actually, but yeah. All right, so directly into the review. Um, last episode, we got to spend some time with Aria uh, while she was out and about practicing some of the things she learned in her dance class. She comes across a room she had never been in and overhears an intense conversation. Cats. Mm. Chasing cats. Yeah. <laughs> Learned in her dance class. Hey, man. She's also sitting there telling herself, quiet, quiet. Yeah. It's true. She, yeah. Swift as a deer. Swift as a deer. Yeah. The summary for today's episode. <laughs> um, Eddard and Robert have an argument in, in with the entire small council that ends in Ned's exodus as Hand of the King, actually. <clears throat> as Ned begins to leave, because he's thinking he's leaving... Uh, King's Landing, Lord Baelish has a short but worrisome conversation with Ned. Reeling him back in. Of course. Reeling him back in. Reeling him in. 
All right, the wine we have for today is from 2019 and it is called Skins Orange Wine. Cool. So uh, continuing our 12th rule from John Bonet's book, The New Wine Rules, um, the next two shades of wine that we're gonna look at is rosé and orange. That is why we have an orange wine today. Convenient. Mm -hmm. um, so rosé is made from mostly red grapes. Um, so there's a few ways to make rosé. The first is by pressing it after a short soak, and this is what gives it the pinkish color. The second way is called sagni. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sagni. Um, this is bleeding away some lightly colored juice from a tank of red grape juice, then fermenting it. And then, rarely, but on occasion, rosé can be made from mixing white and red wine. Hmm. Um, then the second one, orange. It is wine from white grapes that is made like a red. So it's soaked on the skins for weeks or even months to give it texture and a deeper color. Hmm. So it's just a... The skins of oranges? It's just a white wine prepared like a red wine. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. All right, ready? Ready. Yep. Okay, let's do this. Robert and Ned are having a conversation about Daenerys Targaryen during a small council meeting, and it is pretty heated. So I am going to read the first, um, the first paragraph from this chapter because it's... Pretty juicy. All right. <laughs> Robert, I beg of you, Ned pleaded. Hear what you are saying. You are talking of murdering a child. The whore is pregnant. The king's, the king's fist slammed down on the council table, loud as a thunderclap. I warned you this would happen, Ned. Back in the barrel lands, I warned you, but you did not care to hear it. Well, you're, you'll hear it now. I want them dead, mother and child, and that fool Viserys as well. Is that plain enough for you? I want them dead. The whole is pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So the other small council members were trying to just mind their own business and pretend like they were not there. Because of this, Ned felt very alone, um, like he had no support. So Ned says, you will dishonor yourself forever if you decide to do this. Robert said, then let it be on my head so long as it's done. I am not so blind that I cannot see the shadow of the axe when it is hanging over my own neck. Ned said, there is no axe, only the shadow of a shadow, 20 years removed, if it exists at all. So Robert's saying that this baby that's not even born yet is a threat to him. Yeah. Um, Ned's saying... The kid's not even born yet. Yeah. Like, Chill, bro. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have nothing to worry about right now, and they're all all across the narrow sea. So, nothing to worry about right now. But, this is when Varys interjects. And Varys got the info about Danny from Sir Jorah Mormont, and then Varys brought this info to the king, and he was offended that Ned thought he was lying. So, Ned says... You would bring us the whisperings of a traitor halfway around the world, my lord. Perhaps Mormon is wrong. Perhaps he is lying. Uh, Varys said, Sir Jorah would not dare deceive me. Rely on it, my lord. The princess is with child. Ned basically states to the whole council that there is nothing to worry about, whether she miscarries, births a daughter, or if the baby dies. There is nothing to worry about. Also, Jorah could be mistaken. Uh, Robert says, but what if the son, what if it is a son, not a daughter? What then? And then what if the baby boy actually lives? Mm. Ned says, they're across the Dothraki Sea. They have never crossed it. 
because they fear it and they have horses. Ned says, I shall fear the Dothraki the day they teach their horses to run on water. That is a very good point. Because they always travel on their horses. Yeah. Robert said, so you're telling me to do nothing until this quote-unquote dragon spawn has been born and has been brought to... And then... And has brought his army to my shores. Ned comes right back and says, This dragon spawn is still in his mother's belly. Even Aegon did no conquering until after he was winged. Mm. That was a good line. (laughs) This is when Robert gets pissed. He calls Ned stubborn and then calls out the rest of the council for saying nothing. He goes, Will no one talk sense to this frozen-faced fool? Then each of the council members speak up and tells their opinion. Varys goes first. He says... He tells Ned that he understands his qualms. He says that he did not enjoy bringing this information to the king, and yet it is a terrible thing we must contemplate. Yet we must do vile things for the good of the realm, however much it pains us. So he's saying, do it. He's saying, kill killer. And just a side note, we had just talked about in our last episode that somebody that Arya heard talking knew about this. Mm-hmm. And Varys just said, I didn't want to bring this information to the king. Yeah. <laughs> so he brought the information in. Yes. So, um, and then Renly speaks up and he goes, he says that they should have killed Viserys and Danny years ago, but the king decided to listen to John Aaron and have mercy on the Targaryens. It's a good point. So Renly's pretty much as murderous as his brother, well, from what I'm getting he's here. He's saying hindsight is 50 50. Yeah. But he also said, yeah, you should have killed them before when they were when they were little kids. Exactly. So he's pretty murderous, just like yeah. Robert. Yeah. Um, it's a Baratheon thing. Ned said it was not a mistake to have mercy on them. He brings up an incident where Robert had mercy once. And I'm going to read that on the bottom of page 52. On the trident, Sir Barristan here cut down a dozen good men, Robert's friends and mine. When they brought him to us, grievously wounded and near death, Roose Bolton urged us to cut his throat. But your brother said, I will not kill a man for loyalty, nor for fighting well, and sent his own maesters to tend Sir Barristan's wounds. He gave the king a, a long, cool look. Would that man would that man were here today? So, he's saying, I know there's mercy in you. Yep. Please show it right now. Look at Barristan, he's right there. Um, so Robert looked ashamed and he blushed and he said, it was not the same. Sir Barristan was a knight of the Kingsguard. And that goes, well, yeah. And Danny's a 14 year old girl. Why did we rise against Aerys Targaryen if not to put an end to the murder of children? Like, facts. did we do all of this for nothing? You know, him with some facts right now. he really is like hard, cold facts, which Robert says no to put an end to the Targaryens. Ned comes right back and says, you never feared Rhaegar, but now you tremble at the thought of an unborn child? Ooh, yikes. This is when Robert gets purple in the face. Yeah, and he goes, not another word. Have you forgotten who is king here? And Ned comes right back and says, no, your grace. Have you? <laughs> Dude, Robert, Ned's on a path right He really now. is. He is, he is not, not taking any shit. not caring at all. Um... And then Robert is now yelling and says, enough, I'll be damned. What say you all looking at the rest of the small council? So Renly again repeats, she must be killed. Varys says, we have no choice, sadly. But then Barristan Selmy pipes up and says, there is honor in facing an enemy on the battlefield, but none in killing him in his mother's womb. Forgive me, but I must stand with Lord Eddard. So Barristan is backing Ned, which is good. Which is why Barristan is good. 
Yes. And then Grandmaster Pycelle speaks. Oh, and I good. am going to read the paragraph at the, end, at the end of page 353. Could you not? <laughs> I'm sorry. I really don't like Pycelle. No, I don't either. Listen to him. I don't either, but we have to. <laughs> okay, so Grandmaster Pycelle clears his throat, a process that seems to take some minutes. God. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> 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 Gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My order serves the realm, not the ruler. Once I counseled King Eris as loyally as I counsel King Robert now, so I bear this girl child of his no ill will. Yet I ask you this. Should war come again, how many soldiers will die? How many towns will burn? How many children will be ripped from their, north, from their mothers to perish on the end of a spear? He struck his luxurious... Luxuriant white beard, infinitely sad, infinitely weary. Is it not wiser, even kinder, that Daenerys Targaryen should die now so that tens of thousands might live? And then Varys, after that, says, Should the gods grant her a son, the realm will indeed bleed. Yeah. <sighs> so, Littlefinger was the last one to uh, chime in. Um, as Ned looked to him, he was stifling a yawn, so he doesn't seem very interested in being there. Um, and he says, when you find yourself in bed with an ugly woman, the best thing to do is close your eyes and get on with it. Waiting won't, waiting won't make the maid any prettier. Kiss her and be done with it. Kiss her, Sir Barristan repeated. And then he, Littlefinger says, a steel kiss. I, I don't get why he has to speak so cryptically. Just say what you gotta say, dude. Right. Not even cryptically, but like, like inappropriately. Yeah. Well, you gotta bring sex and everything. He really does. Nasty ass. He's nasty. <laughs> yep. So, Robert turned to face his hand and said, Well, there it is, Ned. You and Selmy stand alone on this matter. The only question that remains is, who can we find to kill her? Um, and Lord Renly reminded them that Mormont craves a royal pardon. Um, to which, I believe, it's um, Varys who replies and says... Desperately, yet he craves life even more. By now the princess nears Vase Dothrak, where it is where it is death to draw a blade. If I told you what the Dothraki would do to the poor man who uses one on a Khaleesi, none of you would sleep tonight. Now poison, the tears of li- of lice, 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 the tears of lice would let us say, Caldrogo never need know that it was not a natural death. Um, and with that, Grandmaster Pycelle's sleepy eyes flicked open, and he squinted suspiciously at the eunuch. So, the king complained that poison is a coward's weapon, um, which, I mean... Cravens. Yeah. Um, so, with that, Ned had heard enough. Um, he says, you send hired knives to kill a 14-year-old girl and still quibble about honor? Do it yourself, Robert. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Mm-hmm. Look her in the eyes before you kill her. See her tears, hear her last words. You owe her that much at least. So, <laughs> the king swore, gods. <laughs> you mean it, damn you. Um, he reached for his wine and found that it was empty and flung it away to shatter against the wall. Um, to then... After that, he says, I am out of wine and out of patience. Enough of this. Just have it done. God, Robert. Ugh. So, to that, Ned says, I will not be a part of murder, Robert. Do as you will, but do not ask me to fix my seal to it. And I thought this was funny because for a moment, Robert literally didn't even understand 
like what was happening. He didn't even like he doesn't get people going against him very often. Defiance yeah. is not something he's used to. What do you mean no? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What do you mean what? You don't say no to me. What? <laughs> um, but slowly his face changed as comprehension came. Um, his eyes narrowed and a flush crept up his neck. And at this, with this, he pointed a very angry finger at Ned. And he said, you are the king's hand, Lord, Lord Stark. You will do as I command, or I'll find me a hand who will. Ooh, those are fighting words. I wish him every success. Success. Ooh. I can't talk. Ned unfastened the heavy clasp that clutched at the folds of his cloak, the ornate silver hand that was the badge of his office. And he laid it on the table in front of the king, saddened by the memory of the man who had pinned it on him, the friend he had loved. I thought this was sassy of Ned, but he goes, I thought you a better man than this, Robert. I thought we had a nobler nobler king. Ooh. Yeah. So again, Robert's face is purple with rage. Yeah. And he says, out. Out, damn you. I'm done with you. What are you waiting for? Go. Run back to Winterfell. And make certain I never look on your face again, or I swear I'll have your head on a spike. So the mutually agreed upon him no longer being hand of the king. Yes. Um, so with that, Ned just bowed and turned on his heel without another word. He could feel Robert's eyes on his back. And as he strode away from the council chambers, the conversation just continued without pause. So Pycelle informed them that out in Bravos there's a society called the Faceless Men. Um, to which Littlefinger complained, do you have any idea how costly they are? You can hire an army of common sellswords for half the price, and that's for a merchant. I don't dare think what they might ask for the princess. So, closing the door behind him, silence the voices. Um, Sir Boros Blount Blount? 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 (laughs) Was stationed outside of the chambers, and he gave Ned a quick and, like, confused, like, Reading. What are you what, what are you doing? But didn't ask any questions. I like that. It was like, oh. Yep. Uh oh. Don't say a word. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even gonna ask why. Um so the day felt heavy as Ned crossed the Bailey back to the Tower of the Hand. Um he said he could feel the threat of rain in the air. Um but when he made it to his solar, he summoned he summoned Poole. So Poole walks in and goes, You sent for me, my lord hand. And Ned says, Hand no longer, the king and I have quarreled. We shall be returning to Winterfell. Poole tells him, I shall begin making arrangements at once, my lord. We will need a fortnight to ready everything for the journey. And Ned just says, we may not have a fortnight. We may not have a day. The king mentions something about seeing my head on a spike. Ooh. Yeah. So Ned frowned with this. Um, he didn't believe that the king would harm him. Not Robert. But yeah, he was, you know, he's he angry people now. people whispering in his ear, too. Yeah, exactly. So... Robert's angry now, but he he thinks that as soon as he's out of sight safely, Robert's rage will cool down as it always does. And then Ned question Ned question it, and he goes always like it always does. But Robert still hates Rhaegar, and Rhaegar's been dead for fifteen years, so yeah. he's not over it. He's maybe he won't cool down. I yeah. don't know. So Ned still had the weight uh, of the Catelyn Tyrion incident weighing on him at this point. Um, and he knew that that was going to come to light soon. Um, like we said, like he, he knew that Robert wasn't going to hurt him, but he's like, with all this stuff that's coming out now, with like him talking about my head on a spike, he doesn't know yet, but then he's going to find out that Catelyn took Tyrion, and 
this could get really bad because, okay, maybe he won't hurt me, but the queen's fury, like, Mm -hmm. of her brother being taken, this could end really bad. We need to get out of here. GTFO right now. (laughs) Um, So Ned told Poole that he would go, he would take the girls and he would leave and go ahead and that Poole should just, like, wrap up and pack everything and then bring it along. Um, He stated that once they were gone then it would be safe for him to move about and, like, gather everything. But mm-hmm. while they're there, it would take way too much suspicions. Yeah. Um, so he kind of said, like, you know, tread lightly with what you're doing, like getting things together because everyone's watching. So just get things together, but, like, shh. Right? Uh, so Pool left, and Ned began to, like, brood about everything that's going on. We have another one of these... Ned does this a lot, I feel like, in every chapter, where he just kind of goes through and asks all these questions in his head repeatedly. He's Mm -hmm. very good at that. Um, And he calls it brooding, but um, he was thinking about, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe when I get back to Winterfell, me and Catelyn could have another child. You know, not too old. Hmm. You know, that would, you know, we could do that. (laughs) Just kind of like a happy thought. Yeah. Um... And then he thought about how he just longed for the silence of the snow and the godswood in the middle of the night. Even though it was up to his knee. I think he said, like, knee-high snow. Yeah. Um, Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Been there. Um, then he went back through about how, you know, the debt that the Lannisters, that the crown has to the Lannisters. And he thought of, like, the fear of, like, what if the Lannisters cash that in? Yeah. You know, that's really bad. They owe him a lot of money. What if... What if killing Ned would, you know, or killing, you know, any of them because of this whole Tyrion incident, if this is going to, you know, all play back on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it scared him, really. Um, and then he thought more of his investigation about, like, okay, like, I have these puzzle pieces, but I don't, I'm still not getting it. You know, how does this connect? And why would John die for this? You know, there's a there's a bastard, there's a book here, you know. I don't get it. Um he's like, I need I need to do more investigation is what needs to happen. I need to know more what's going on. So Ned thought about the best route home and he thought like, okay, obviously I should do a ship like Catelyn did. Um but he's like, I'm not a sailor, but you know, it's the fastest way home and plus side, if I take a ship I could stop at Dragonstone. Mm. And I could talk to Stannis on the way. Oh. And so then he's thinking about, okay, it's weird that Stannis has not returned any of my letters. You know, as Hand of the King, he asked him to come back and fill, you know, we need you on the small council. And Stannis said nothing. Right. He's not gotten anything from Stannis at all. Yeah. Complete silence. And he goes, obviously Stannis was in this with Jon Arryn. He knows the secret or whatever's going on and why Jon Arryn died. So I need to talk to him. And... I still think it's weird that he's... I was talking to you about this mm-hmm. earlier. Stannis is at Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. Renly is at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Robert's at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. No one is at the actual Baratheon castle. Right. Where is that again? Storm's End. Storm's End. There's no one at Storm's End. <laughs> it might just like be the rest of... It's weird. It's almost like Storm's End literally just like isn't... What's the word? 
uh, relevant. Anymore. It's because the Baratheons are the royal family. Like, there's yeah. no one at Casterly Rock either because the Lannisters are in King's Landing. Tywin's at the Casterly Rock. Right, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all the Lannisters are at King's Landing. Same with the Baratheons. That's why. But Because they're the royal family. They but I don't understand. Tywin, Tywin's at Casterly Rock. Mm-hmm. But, like, Storm's End is, like, a big castle, too. Like, it's a big house. It's because the Baratheons are the royal family. But why is Stannis at Dragonstone? Why is he at Storm's End? I don't know. We well, haven't got exactly. to there yet. It's just weird. Yeah. Because Dragonstone is not... That's the Targaryens' fortress. You know, that was their place. Yep. And I had talked to Olivia about this earlier. You know, if Robert hates the Targaryens so much and all of the lineage of the Targaryens and all this stuff and trying to wipe them off the face of the earth, why wouldn't he move the capital city to Storm's End? Yeah, I don't know. You're sitting on literally a... The castle that's on Aegon. Well, so. if you listen to Robert, he's not very happy that he's king. Yeah. This is true. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways, back to what I was saying. <laughs> so, Ned actually uh, summoned Poole back and said, actually, I need you to go inquire about a ship, but I need you to be really quiet about it. I need a good captain and something swift so we can get home quickly. Um, then all of a sudden... There's a knock at the door, and Ned has a visitor, and it's Lord Baelish. So Baelish immediately knew that Ned was leaving um, when he came in, um, and Ned did not greet him very happily. Um, mm-hmm. He was basically like, why, okay, I'm not, I guess I have to talk to you, uh, but, <laughs> you know, what do you need? Not, like, saying hi, or, you know, yeah, what do you need? Like, what, what yeah, do what? you want? Um, and Ned knew in his brain, he goes, okay, like, I know that I'm leaving, but I still have to play their game. I'm not out of here yet. So I still got to play this. I still got to talk to this guy. Um, so Baelish kind of patted himself on the back by saying, like, you know, actually, I probably saved da- Daenerys' life more than you did with all your honor talk and all that. I kind of did better than you. And Ned, like, Ned said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I talked them out of using the faceless men. You know, because they were too expensive. But instead, we're going to be trading a lordship for her head. And Ned kind of gets upset about this. And he goes, so we're giving out lordships now for assassinations. That sounds really honorable. Jeez. You know? And Baelish goes, well, lordships are cheaper than the faceless men, pretty much. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes, uh, Baelish says, well, in reality, some drunk moron is probably going to be the one that's going to try to kill her for a lordship. He's going to fail, and then the Dothraki are going to be really suspicious and really protect her. So, if anything, I probably saved her from being dead better than you did. Okay. I guess in some... All right, Baelish. In some bass-ackwards way, that does work, I guess, but... I liked that. What's bass-ackwards? It's backwards. I know. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in in some way, in Baelish's mind, yeah. Uh, but Baelish said, um, <clears throat> he goes, okay, so when are you, you going to leave for Winterfell then? Because, you know, Robert's pretty mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, um, when you go back to Winterfell, before you go, I'll have to take you to that brothel that Jory has been searching for so ineffectively. And I won't even tell Cat about it. <laughs> and that's how they leave it on that cliffhanger. That now 
he knows that he's searching for more bastards. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another cliffhanger. So that's how the chapter ends. Uh, discussion questions that we have. Um, who in the small council do you agree with regarding the Targaryen problem and why? Ha. <laughs> Bear standing. I was going to say, why is it Ned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And why is it Ned? Yeah, because who do you she's agree a with and why is it Ned? Child. I understand that maybe he's like nervous, but like literally you don't even know if it's gonna be a boy. Mm. Right. Exactly. Actually gonna be kind of a weird one here and, and I'm gonna agree with Varys a little bit. No matter You agree with killing a fourteen year old no. child? No, but I do agree with what he says though. He says no matter what the child is, the realm will bleed. I do no, agree. he said if, if he grants her a boy, the realm will bleed. Yeah, if the gods sorry. grant her a son, the realm will bleed. Yeah. Which I agree with because... I mean... She's, yeah. cl- she's clearly on a path to get the throne well, back. Well, also... We know. The Targaryens are the rightful heir to the throne. Yes. And if she has a son, then yes. Yeah. He will rule. So he's right. Right, <laughs> right. It's still so but right. it's, it's not right to kill her, but, but it, it is right. It still comes back to what Ned said, where you don't even know if it's going to be a boy. True. You don't even know if the kid's going to survive birth. So yeah. maybe let's just wait and right. then kill him. Yeah. I think exactly <laughs> because maybe if somebody would have waited until the baby was born. Yeah. I think they're being too hasty. Like I understand what yeah. Varys is saying. I understand Robert's qualms with it all, but we don't even know. At this point, he's still a baby in Danny's tummy. Barely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, literally, he just came into. Oh, existence. I agree. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Varys's point was pretty good, though. Like they're just all being so hasty about it. Targaryens are dangerous. Yeah. I suppose. They can be. Next. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think Robert will actually hurt Ned? No. I don't think so either. Mm-mm. If it came down to it. I think, um, like he just said, he had to leave the room for Robert to calm down. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned about kind of what, what Ned said. I don't think that Robert would hurt him, but I don't know what... I don't think he's safe, though. No. Well, the problem that I see is that the Queen's influence over Robert can right. be pretty bad. Because Robert will do whatever Cersei says. What if that is Kurt Ned? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's difficult to say, but I, I would think say he'll probably try. No. I think if Cersei does say to hurt Ned, he'll try his best to avoid it. Yeah. But ultimately, Cersei's making all the decisions right now. Yeah, if it's coming between Cersei or Ned, I don't see Ned winning Mm-mm. this. But, no. you know. Because Robert's also very concerned about how he looks as a king. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Well, Gabby, kind of, any thoughts? Yeah. I... I I don't know if he's concerned about how he looks as a king. Yeah, I think he doesn't he's... want to be king. But he also. But I also, but I also think he likes when people like bow down to him. Yeah, you know, because yeah, he, he always the, he flexes on Ned and is like, "Do you remember who's king now? Yeah. Like, I'm the king. Got to listen to me. It's an order." So he's he's king when he wants to be. He'll use the power when he wants to. Yeah. You know, I like the way that was put. He yeah. uses the power when he wants it. Right. When it's good for him. Other than that, he's like, I hate this so right. much. Yeah. When, exactly. the po- when the power is good for him, he uses it. But yeah. other than that, he's like, mm. nah. <laughs> I'd rather go hunting. Yeah. 
can I go punch somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last question I have is, do you think Ned will successfully be able to leave King's Landing? And if not, what do you think would stop him from being able to leave? I mean, I would say I think it would be possible for him to leave, but I think that... I honestly think his curiosity is going to mess with him leaving. Like how Peter yeah. just came in and he's like, well, I could take you here. Yep. Ned's like, hmm, maybe I could put off leaving for a day. Kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? That, and I think, um, yeah, he's, like, just going through his brooding here where he's thinking in his mind about, like, okay, we're going to leave. And then he immediately goes to, like, okay, the, I need to do investigating, though. Yeah. Like, he's got all this other stuff going on. He's like, I can't just leave. I got to, I feel like he's not going to leave. And he's got to find a way to balance the situations. And plus there's spies everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to make it hard for him to leave safely. I would wonder if he just, like, left. Like, right now. Who would, how would he I be able to... I think if he left at this very moment, he would be fine. I don't, yeah, I don't know how he would be stopped if he left at this very moment. But now Baelish knows. Yeah, but... So you're screwed. Freaking won't. Exactly. That's what gets me mad, is that he could have just left right now. Yeah. But he decided not to. Grab the girls, yep. and we're going now. But, no. No. Yeah. Curiosity yeah. killed the cat, right? Word. Not if, Arya, not if Arya caught it first. <laughs> Alright, so our Tyrion tidbit for today. Um, he says, I have a realistic grasp of my own strengths and weaknesses. My mind is my weapon. My brother has his sword. King Robert has his warhammer. And I have my mind. And a mind needs books as a sword needs a whetstone. If it is to keep his, its edge. That is why I read so much, Jon Snow. Hmm. I thought you kept the Jon Snow mm-hmm. That's from that's from the chapter of them yep. going to the wall. Yup. Okay. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group named Game of Wines Podcast Group. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines One, and on YouTube at Game of Wines Podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing the first part of Catlin Chapter 6, so make sure you read before listening. Thanks, guys.